0: We're ready. All right. Alright, we're good now. Everybody's ready, right? Yes, sir. All right. Here we are with another episode of Talkin' Sports with the Legend. Tonight's guest is Union Coach Jim Curtin. Go ahead there, legend.
1: Where were
2: you born? I was born in Philadelphia. Pennsylvania. Uh, Holy Redeemer Hospital right in Philadelphia. I, I grew up in Orland, Pennsylvania though. Glenside in Orland. So I'm a Philly guy.
1: Philly area. <laughs> Where did you go to high school and college?
2: Good question. I went to Bishop McDevitt High School, which unfortunately just closed and shut down. I then went on to Villanova uh, University and played college soccer there for uh, legendary coach Larry Sullivan. So I was lucky to have a great coach and in Coach Sullivan, uh, a Philly soccer legend here in the city of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So uh, you played soccer at uh, McDevitt?
2: Yeah, I played at McDevitt. And what year we did used to you graduate? Get beat we up, we, we, we used to get beat up by all the Roman Catholic and Father Judge and, and Archbishop Ryan, North Catholic guys. I used to get my butt kicked at McDevitt. <laughs> what year did you graduate? So I graduated with Devitt in 97. Uh, and then
0: was that, how, how long was Larry there before you got to going uh, over?
2: He was there for a little while. Um, I, I got lucky to get him, man. I had him as my Pennsylvania State team coach, and uh, he recruited me to Nova, and it was the best decision I made. I learned so much from Larry. He was a uh, great coach, a uh, great role model, and, uh, you know, sometimes people say a little bit crazy, but I learned so much from him, man. He was He was great for me. It was perfect.
0: Well, you and me both. Uh, he coached me for the
2: uh, under nineteen, uh,
0: Eastern Pennsylvania. Uh, no team. way. Yeah. Oh wow, man. Yeah. yeah. You, you know you know Andrew Stackhouse. Of course. He was, I just yeah, he was on the I team. I saw Andrew.
2: I saw Andrew in Florida, of all places. I was running yeah. down the street. I ran into Andrew Stackhouse. Crazy, small world, man.
0: Yes, <laughs> it is. He, he was on the team with uh, Tony Bono, Chunky. Uh, we had a uh guys you guys had
2: all yeah all the philly legends man yeah we had a lot, of, that lot had of
0: great players but larry was our coach and uh <laughs> larry was uh my one of my all-time favorites um uh, if not my favorite but he he told it the way it was and we need more coaches like that
2: i uh, agree he's a great man great man and i learned a ton from him but yeah all, all those uh all those guys are the, the guys i looked up to Andrew Stackhouse, stack great players in the philly area if there was MLS back then, they all would have been playing in, in, in the league then, but there just wasn't a league yet, you know? So it's grown yeah. so much. It's good to see soccer keep growing.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah.
2: I was dying to ask you. I couldn't remember
0: what, where you went to high school, and that's why I said to Stephen, I know he was from our area.
2: Yeah, Catholic <laughs> League.
0: <laughs> yep. All right, Steve, sorry, we got it. What sports
1: did you play growing up?
2: So I played every sport, so whatever was in season I would play. So I played basketball, I played baseball, I played soccer, I ran track. I uh, never tried American football. Uh, my, my mom didn't want me to get beat up on the football field. So I wish I did try, but um, that, that wasn't uh, wasn't an option. My dad, uh, my father was a, a football player in high school, a uh, pretty good player, but I never got to try American football. Wish I did, uh, but I found a career in the... Uh, the other football that we call soccer. <laughs> so things worked out okay. But I'd encourage kids to still play every sport. You learn so much from being on different teams. Uh, you know, you know the different things that you learn from different sports, how you use your body, uh, on a basketball court, on the baseball field. Uh, obviously I'm a little biased towards soccer, but I still think kids should, you know, too many right now are specializing at age five and six years old. And I think they should just be kids and then play as many sports as they possibly can and have fun growing up. <laughs> Did you always want to be a coach? That's a great question, Steve. Um, Look, I I was lucky to be on a team in Chicago when I got drafted that um, a lot of the guys as players kind of saw the game as coaches. And a lot of them now have gone on to coach, uh, some of them in Europe, some of them are coaching in MLS that I coach with and against. Um, So I was in a really good locker room at a young age. I was 20 years old when I got drafted. Um, but just by luck, I was in a, a good team locker room where everybody kind of saw the game as a coach. And I learned in that environment so much. So I would say in my second season as a professional, as a player, I, I thought started to think a little bit more like a coach in that I wanted to make a career as a coach. So uh, usually when you're younger, you don't recognize it and see it from the coaching perspective. But once I became uh about two years into the pros i thought i want to do this forever and i'd I'd love to help young kids out and watch them get better so that that was kind of what it took for me to become a coach so uh yeah i'd say second year as a professional but it's it's a great career and that's a great question you ask better questions than espn does buddy
1: (laughs) what was your first coaching job
2: my first coaching job so i actually started with in the philadelphia union's uh youth academy um they sent me with really really young kids so kids that were four five six years old i was working with them and it was just about teaching you know trying to get them to fall in love with the game um you know have them have fun teach a little bit of technique but um, they threw me right away with the youngest kids and i really really loved that time um you know i work with professionals every day now which is a great experience as well, but I really miss the days of, of watching really young kids um, get better and grow as, as, as young athletes. So um, having them fall in love with the game was the first thing that I did. So I was working with quite literally four five and six year olds as my first job uh, as, a, as a coach, and it made me learn a lot. You know, I got to try new things. I made mistakes as a coach, but it was OK because I was working with young players and it was a really fun environment. Did you ever play for the U.S. national team? Oh, funny story. So I actually was was in the United States national team camp, and I had a big decision to make. Um, the game at the end of the camp was against uh, Sweden, and it was also happened to be on my wedding day. <laughs> so I had a big decision to make, buddy. Um, my wife and I, who was my high school sweetheart, we had planned the wedding for obviously you know a year. Um, You know, sometimes in life you have to make tough decisions. Um, Bruce Serena was the coach at the time. Um, He respected my choice, but he also never called me back into the national team after I made my choice to get married. So um, it's still the the right decision, but I never got the opportunity to play for the national team. Um, Just was in some camps. Uh, and I don't regret it, you know, because I have three beautiful kids now, and my wife's awesome. So I'm like, as I say, that's not right,
0: man. <laughs> if, I ever, if I ever meet Bruce Arena, I'm gonna give him a piece of my mind. That's not right, man. No, nah,
2: it was, it was, uh, it was all, all, uh, it, it was just a coincidence that it fell on the, the, fi- the game. Of yeah, the they game. didn't,
0: they didn't check with your wife.
2: They didn't check with your wife
0: a year beforehand. Come on, they knew that game They knew that game
1: how far have you traveled
2: for as a player or a coach wow good question so one thing i have a lot of is frequent flyer miles i'm on a plane quite a bit uh, obviously with COVID, that's uh, settled down this off season but every off season i go to europe i i, I go to uh, a different club and i'll learn from uh you know coaches there so i've been to germany switzerland portugal as a player i have played in all over the world um, so a lot of traveling that goes into it. Um, it's a really cool part of the job. Um, you get to learn different cultures. You get to meet different players. One of the cool things about the Philadelphia Union is we have um, players from 15 different countries on our roster, on our team. So um, you get to learn so much about each other. Uh, age. We have age 15, as young as 15, 16 years old, up to age 33, 34 years old as well. So um, a wide range of players and from all different uh uh, Nationality. So the cool thing is I get to travel a lot. We usually do a uh, trip every off season, but this off season has been tough with COVID uh, and just safety wise, I um, decided to stay put here in Philly. Yeah. How interviewed you
1: um... Brandon
2: Craig. Yeah. Brandon Craig. Brandon. Brandon. We just signed him. He's been, I'm excited to get to work with him. You want to, you want to talk about uh, good genetics? His father was an amazing player. Yeah. He was unbelievable. He beat me up a little bit in uh, in the summer leagues at Danubia, he was quite a player, man, and, and now I'm coaching his son, uh, who has incredible talent as well. You know, him and Quinn Sullivan, I can't wait to get to work with them. Those are, uh, you know, true Philly guys, and I'm, I'm excited. It's, it's cool to see them turn pro at such young ages, and their their potential, man. They have the ability to play anywhere in the world. They could play in Europe, uh, and that's that's the goal. You know, win some trophies with the Union, and then move on to the highest level over in Europe. I think they have that that kind of talent. do you still get nervous from game days oh man you know it. I, if you're not nervous then you don't care anymore you know I, I believe you should be very nervous you know it's anyone who tells you they're not i think is uh telling you a lie you know uh, before a game i think there's no better feeling i think i think those those butterflies and that nervousness and maybe having to go to the bathroom an extra time or two before the opening whistle i think that's all natural and normal um, and the guys that tell you they're not scared or a little bit nervous, um, I think deep down inside those are the ones that are maybe scared the most. <laughs> that's been my experience through the years. But I think it's totally natural and healthy to be uh, a little bit nervous because it just shows that you want to do your best. You know? It shows that you want to go out on the field and, and, and not let your teammates down and, and not let the fans down. Um, so I think that's a total natural feeling. Um, and I totally have to admit, I get really nervous before games as a coach. As a player, it was even worse. I would be borderline, almost, almost throwing up before games. Some of the, my teammates can tell you in Chicago and Los Angeles, they'd be like, "Geez, Jim, you've done this 200 times, you know." Uh, sorry, uh, police officers go <laughs> <come> by here, <laughs> but that hasn't happened on one of your interviews. <laughs> so. So yeah, I, I'll have um, you know situations where I would almost feel sick to my stomach because I didn't want to let my teammates down before games, and they would see me and be like, "Jim, you've done this 250 times as a pro. You know, don't be nervous anymore." But it's just it's just how I was. So um, you know, I think it's totally normal for guys to be nervous.
1: Two,
2: three, did you have a role model in coaching? That's a good question. So I always, obviously, I looked up to my father. Um, He was a big influence in in sports for me, you know, always taught me, um, you know, to kind of to do your talking on the field, to be uh, to work hard and good things will happen. He gave me so many messages growing up that were really special and important and stuck with me forever. Um, I looked a lot. uh, I I learned a lot from Larry Sullivan, who, again, is a was my coach at Villanova and a a Philly guy. Um, Not just soccer lessons, but also life lessons. Um, and then now as I'm older, I, I read a lot of books. So I'll, I'll read, you know, even though as, as an Eagles fan, I hate Bill Belichick. I still will read uh, whenever he comes out with a, a different book or I will read a book on Jose Mourinho or, or Jurgen Klopp or, or Alex Ferguson. Um, and you're just trying to learn and get yourself better and take little stories and ideas from them um, and, and try to implement them in your own team. So always, sorry, always trying to learn. Uh, that was my daughter always trying to learn and, and get better and grow and improve as a coach is something that I, I really take pride in. Um, and I, and I really believe in.
1: Who was the first professional player that you met?
2: The first pro that I met. Um, so growing up in the Philly area, we didn't have, um, a, a pro soccer team yet so mm-hmm. i looked up to the philadelphia eagles i looked up to randall cunningham and seth joyner and and uh andre waters and then brian dawkins down the road uh, i looked up to you know eric Lindros on the flyers i looked up to mike schmidt on the phillies uh, and and then you know as i got older and, and and started to become a college player i watched a lot of soccer on tv um but the cool thing about philly now is the young kids coming up can look up to the Philadelphia Union players and they have role models to learn from and grow from. Where I didn't have that um, in, in soccer, you know, I watched indoor soccer a lot. Uh, I watched you know, Donnie D'Ambra play and, and the, the Philadelphia Kicks and, and that team. Um, but there wasn't really an outdoor professional league yet. So um, as I'm older now, um, I think back on, on my role models as, as, as professional athletes, it was more in other sports. Um, but now it's really cool because now, They can look up to, you know, Brendan Aronson and Mark McKenzie and Andre Blake and all these great Philadelphia Union players. So that's uh, something that's definitely changed. Um, You know, the one time I was kind of starstruck and in awe was uh, when I played in Chicago. We We played against AC Milan, which is an Italian team at the time they had. Gosh, they had Kaká on their team. They had, um, you know, just great professionals. Uh, Paulo Maldini, I'm going to date myself. I'm a little older than you, uh, Steve, but (laughs) Paulo Maldini was a great defender. and He was kind of my role model. I got to change jerseys with him. That was the only time with a pro where I was literally like starstruck and in in awe of somebody and got to change jerseys with him after we played them in Chicago. So that was a a cool memory and a cool experience.
0: Is his son playing now in the
2: Italian league? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah, he's really good too. Of course, is he's he, good, right? Is he a forward? Is he a forward? He scores goals. Yeah, it's pretty funny. You know, dad was a defender, best defender ever. The kid plays a, a little more advanced role. It's pretty, pretty cool. Pretty, pretty he, crazy. He, it makes me feel old though. Is he at AC? <laughs> is he at AC Milan or? He, he, he's at Milan too. Yeah, yeah. and then Zidane, Zidane has a son as well that plays. Um, so it, it's. It's happening fast. They have good yeah, teams Good that that. that 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 Italian
0: World Cup team that he played on was one of my all-time favorite teams to watch. They were that unbelievable. So good. Yeah, special team.
1: How do How do you guys all look for this next
2: season? How do you how do you, did you say how do you think we look for next season? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yes. I think we look good, man. Um, look, we're, we're young. We have a young group. There's no question about it. We just lost two really good players. Um, for those that don't know, Brendan Aronson just got signed, um, by a European team in, in Austria. Mark McKenzie, uh, also got signed in, uh, Belgium. So we lost two guys that were best 11 for the MLS for the entire league. So, um, two special players that go out, but what we really have as a club is really good young players coming in. Um, you know, with the homegrowns and Quinn Sullivan, Brandon Craig coming in, um, I think they'll do a good job to replace them. They still have some things to learn for sure, um, but we have a really good pipeline of young academy players here in Philadelphia. Um, we still have excellent veterans like Andre Blake, uh, Alejandro Bedoya, uh, you know, so many great players, Jacob Blessness, Jack Elliott. Uh, we have just a really strong team, Casper Shabilko, our goal scorer. So, Jamiro Montero, we have so many good players in our in our 11 that I think will guide those young players, um, and we won't miss a beat. And, and you can see the the little background I have on this side here, the Supporter Shield. We were champions last year, so there's no easy games. Everybody's going to be gunning for us. We're not going to sneak up on anybody, so it's going to be a real challenge for us uh, to do it again next year, but I think we have a good group. How cool is it
1: to be named uh, uh, Coach of the Year?
2: Oh, man, now you're making me feel embarrassed. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate that. Um, you know, I, I say it all the time in the locker room. Um, you know, when the team has success and we all um, do well and, and, and get good results, then the individual accolades start. So we'll have, uh, because the team gets a couple victories during the week, we'll have guys make team of the week. We'll have uh, Andre Blake win goalkeeper of the year. We'll have Mark McKenzie and Brendan make best Eleven. Uh, I'll get recognized as the coach of the year. But really, those awards uh, for individuals should be shared by the entire team. I really believe that. Uh, and as, the, again, the team has success, the individual accolades come after that. And that's uh, it's special. Um, I get embarrassed by it. But it, it a—I have to say it's a real honor because there's a lot of really good coaches in our league. And I'm still one of the younger ones. So I know I have a lot to learn. But, um, you know, it, it makes me want to do even better next year but it was was special for sure. How long have you been with the union? Uh, Good question. So I retired from MLS from Major League Soccer in in 2009 and 10. Um, Moved back to Philadelphia and started coaching then in the youth academy. Um, So I've been with the academy for about three years. Then I became an assistant coach with the union. Then unfortunately the head coach lost his his job and then gave me the interim job. Um, I got put in there and, and did okay and had success and uh, we wound up winning some games and then I got named the coach. So I've been the, the head coach now, oh gosh, for six seasons, um, which is a long time in the pro sports world. Uh, but then I, I've been involved with the union for basically 10 years now at least, uh, which is, uh, uh, I'm really fortunate and lucky to be involved uh, for that long. I've been with, I've
1: been a sister in for nine
2: nice it goes quick doesn't it steve yeah it goes by really really fast gosh 10 years is a long time uh, to be part of a club so um it's cool to see it grow and get better as i'm sure you see at that holy family It improve each year uh and you find new things to maybe change and make better uh or some things that need to stay the same and they're keeping the culture and the tradition going is uh it's a really fun process and then you know when it is your time to move on um, and, and try new experiences too. You, you hope that you left it better than when you started, which I'm sure is the case in Holy Family. And that's the mm-hmm. case, I wanna, I wanna leave the union um, better than when I started, you know?
1: Is <laughs> your season gonna um, start at one time?
2: Uh, and right now it's a little bit delayed. Usually we would be down in Clearwater, Florida right now. Um, my hope is that they get, it, get things sorted out. I know there's a lot of issues with COVID and they wanna make it as safe of an environment as possible. Um, for the players, and then also, probably most importantly to get fans back in the stadium because we all miss pro sports right now. Everybody wants to go down to the Sixers or the Flyers or the Phillies or the union games, um, but right now, for cautionary reasons, we can't. Uh, um, so they might delay our start a little bit, and then hopefully, um, you know, when we do get going, there'll be a little more fans allowed in the stadium, which will be great.
1: What? What do you look for when you, you recruit?
2: Good question. So look, you know, there's there's the uh, the talent side of the game for sure. You know, there's obviously the skills and the, the ability to score goals, the ability to be a great defender and the talent um, obviously is part of it. But we also look for the character of players off the field. So you have to do the right things not only on the field, but also off the field. You have to be respectful to your teammates uh you can't be a guy that's pointing the finger and blaming when when maybe you lose a game or two um you know you really want players that um represent that that badge that's over my shoulder the philadelphia union badge uh the right way you know i I say it all the time the badge on your shirt and you have it on your shirt right now it's only two and a half or three inches but it's bigger than any one player you understand what i mean by that you know that the the representing that badge is a really big responsibility just like it is at holy family and you don't want to let those people down so that doesn't mean um just be a super talented amazing player because we've all met really talented players that maybe aren't the best teammates you know so you want to find that blend so when we recruit we look for both uh players on the field and off the field that do the right things uh, make good decisions and are, are good teammates so um you know even little things when i go and recruit players you know we'll take notice if there's a kid who's just throwing their trash all over the place and not not picking up after themselves or maybe thinks they're they're too cool or whatever it might be. Um, so we keep a real eye on that and our academy does a great job of, of developing these young players that are, are good young men and, and, and ready to take the next step to the next level as professionals. What is
1: your daily schedule like
2: when one season that's a good question. So during a typical week, we have, um, uh, you know, a, a five-day training week, and then we play games on Saturdays. But I'm usually up pretty early. I like to be the first one in. I uh, get some quiet time to myself. Get to watch some film and go for a run. Um, but I'm up around five o'clock in the office. Around five thirty, um, we start training at ten. Um, there's usually some film preparation, some weights for the guys, and different things for everybody during that time. Um, and then, you know, we'll have. Our training session. Um, The guys are spoiled. They get breakfast. They have a full time chef um, that cooks breakfast and lunch for them. Anytime you want to come out to the facility, I'll show you around, Steve. It's pretty cool. Um, Our weight room's really good. They have uh, they get full massages after practice. They're spoiled a little bit. Don't tell them I said that. Uh, (laughs) They get taken care of really good. Um, The typical day, you know, practice is over by you know twelve o'clock, twelve thirty. Um, And then from there, we'll move on um, and do some film in the afternoon. Sometimes with the younger players, we'll have a second training session. Um, But the day and the hours get filled pretty quickly. I have things like press conferences and media to do, um, you know, different uh, meetings with different departments. Uh, We have a scouting network that we meet with. We have a sports performance department, our doctors, our medical staff. So it's a really busy week. Um, And the the biggest thing is I, I found when we get the week of training right, um and we have a good week of practice and preparation the games become easy the games are the fun part because they're ready they're prepared everybody's done their job for the week uh then we can have the the fun in front of twenty thousand people uh on the weekend and and get a win hopefully what is
1: your game
2: day schedule like oh game days there's always a nervous day for me um (laughs) I'm, i'm a little bit a little bit superstitious, so I kind of have a routine where I, I, I get to the stadium um, fairly early. So if we play at a 7:30 game, I'm in the office around uh, 11, um, just kind of laying out the team sheet, um, getting the final messages uh, written up on the board. Um, you know, watching down film, waiting to get the other the other team's starting lineup, so you can make your adjustments for things like set pieces and set plays. Um, you know, you have uh, the players come in about two hours before kickoff and, and they get prepared. So um, it's a long day. Um, it's a stressful day. Um, but nothing's better than at the end of the game um, getting a win and then, you know, coming in the locker room and celebrating together. As you know, <laughs> that's the best feeling in the world.
1: How did you deal with when you're, I last season when you're postponed? Like, how did you deal with that?
2: yeah that was a real challenge for everybody right so again a lot of a lot of um complicated things happened this year where we had to adjust and adapt um you know when the league first shut down i made it a point to, to just get in touch with everybody and connect with them as as human beings and get to to make sure that they were safe and healthy and okay um like i said we have players from 15 different countries all different age groups um so you want to really connect with them in a in a way where that makes them feel safe um, it was a long two and a half to three month period where um, there was a lot going on in the country. There was a lot of, of um, things on and off the field that were kind of unique and crazy. Um, but We did our best job to keep them together. We had individual workouts that we sent them every day. Um, they did their best to stay in shape. Some of the guys on the team have a lot more money than others. And, and they were able to buy you know things like the Peloton bikes and the treadmills. Um, and they kind of worked out and made home gyms for themselves. Eventually, we got into individual training uh, when the league cleared that, uh, which was unique for professionals, just one-on-one kind of training. Then we got into small groups, and then eventually got back to normal training, and then uh, the season got going. But certainly, I think everybody learned from it. Uh, we learned to adapt and adjust. Um, some cool things came out of it, like these, uh, the ability to do Zoom calls like this. You know, I think it's, it's become almost normal, and it's a great way to communicate with your players now. Um, and show them different things. So we made the most of it, just like everybody else, but it certainly was a challenging time. Uh, well, was it, was it any
1: different
2: doing that tournament? Just got to back up? Yeah, so the, the, the unique competition down in Orlando was certainly um, one that I never experienced. You know, we were uh, in basically a bubble at Disney World, and everybody, when they think of Disney World, thinks of... Going on the roller coasters and seeing mickey and minnie mouse and all the, the fun things but there was no people other than soccer players there so uh, we were in that that hotel for i think gosh it wound up being about 38 to almost 40 days um where we were tested basically every day um the food got pretty repetitive eating the same meals with the same guys at the same time so there were some challenges for sure um the nba guys wound up doing it even longer than we did but Um, in a way it made our team um, a lot closer and I think it was a reason why we had success this year and won our first trophy because you know we were we had so much time together the only thing we could do is get to know each other better you know so you spend that much time you learn about each other and maybe you're willing to fight a little bit even harder on the field for each other to try to win and help each other out so we took the positives out of it um, and it was a great season for us but it all started in Orlando with a really good performance by our players there.
1: Did guys get to uh, go to watch any other games, the
2: NBA games? I wanted to so bad. No, any some, of the like, when you were, other soccer games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, they would only—they were really strict. They would only allow um, you know one or two representatives from each team to go watch the other games. Which obviously they were on TV, which was easy. But it's always good to see games live. Um, I selfishly went a bunch just to get out of the hotel and go watch other teams play, uh, scout some other players, maybe see a player that maybe we could bring to the union um, as well and use the time wisely that way. But we got to watch a lot of soccer, um, which was great for me. I love watching uh, the game uh, as well as watching my guys play. So um, we all learned a ton during that time, and it was really special.
0: I I was curious about the question you started to answer. So you guys weren't allowed to go over to watch the basketball at all.
2: Not at all, man. It was strict. Yeah, they had that really divided. And I'll tell, I'll just say this: once the NBA guys showed up, because we were all really on the same kind of campus, the security, the amount of police officers, the police <laughs> boats, the police boats everywhere. I mean, you couldn't get anywhere near any of those guys. That's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> cause, that's because that's because LeBron makes more than your old squad <laughs> yeah, makes. That's true, buddy. <laughs> oh God, man. Did any of the teams send home? Did what? Any of the teams? Yeah, we had, um, unfortunately, Dallas, FC Dallas had a, a little bit of an outbreak of COVID in their group. And then also, um, I believe it was Nashville had one in their group. So they got sent home. Uh, all the other teams were able to compete. Um, you know, the problem was, if you brought it into the bubble, it would spread throughout your team. So they basically just took those teams out and removed them. Um, and it was a really safe environment after after all that. Uh, there, was, there was no cases after... Um, You got through that first kind of initial week how's everybody doing now
0: that the uh they're back home and everything
2: yeah it'll be interesting when everybody comes back to philly now we'll have to have a a period of about a week of, of quarantine and testing um just to make sure we're not bringing them into uh an environment that's not safe so well as safe as it was at the end of the year they've all kind of gone their separate ways now um we'll come back in a a couple weeks here and then start that quarantine process and and then get all the testing again um hopefully it goes smoothly but it'll be a whole new uh yeah it'll be unique again to start up
0: (laughs) but as far as you know nobody got sick or nobody
2: we've been we've been really lucky that way we've been pretty pretty uh fortunate our group that's great yeah
0: so, Jim, you, you said you went to Goddard High School in 97 and then went to Villanova. You got out in 01 and you graduated. Yeah. What
2: was your yeah? What was your major? I was finance. I went to school for finance in Villanova, and I'm glad that I uh, didn't have to use my degree. I'll just say that. <laughs> yeah, well. I, I've been lucky, man. I've never worked a real day in my life because I'm a coach. I get to do something that i love i get to be with all the guys and uh, i hope to keep it that way for as long as possible
0: (laughs) well you still got that great education and not not many of us soccer players graduated but i i I did also (laughs) so Ah, steve was curious as about the uh drafting process back Mm. then and now like when in
2: 01 were you invited to the uh draft or how how did it work yeah, it's a great question. Totally different. So in 2001, there, it wasn't on ESPN. You didn't get to hold up your, your jersey with the commissioner. It wasn't this big deal. I literally got a call. Um, Bob Bradley was the coach of the Chicago Fire. I was sitting in a finance class and he said, Jim, we drafted you. Um, we're in preseason camp. You can come, come down here, miss some school, uh, head right down to Florida and uh, have a shot to make the team. Or you can, you know, can stay there and i quite literally walked out of class and i said you know i'm gonna i'm gonna run with this and take a shot at it you know and you know it was, it was touch and go I, did, I was kind of probably the last guy to make the roster um uh, in chicago so it was kind of the, one of those moments in your life where it took a little bit of a risk um but yeah it wasn't as elaborate as it is now you get to see all these guys you know give speeches they're up on the on the on the podium with the commissioner and their jerseys Uh, it wasn't like that at all it's become more and more glamorous now as the league's grown it's it's been really cool though to watch soccer grow in our country Um, i never thought it would be this popular as it is now and the beautiful soccer stadiums that we have all over the country now um it's really special and it's here to stay it keeps growing man i walk around the neighborhood now and i see not just lots of union jerseys but you'll see barcelona Bayern munich you know soccer is just it's more and more popular and cool with the kids
0: the uh, career in the MLS, you, you stayed in Chicago
2: the whole time? I was uh, eight, seven or eight years in Chicago, and then I got traded to Chivas USA, which is no longer in the league. Um, if you can think about it, if uh, the LA Galaxy was the Lakers, Chivas was the Clippers, you know what I mean? We <laughs> shared the same facility. We weren't the, uh, the popular team in the city, uh, but we actually had a decent group, but that team since uh, folded and went out of business. And now they brought in some other expansion teams. LAFC is now in the league instead of Chivas. So um, had a couple years in LA, lived there, which is beautiful. I got lucky. Really good city. Chicago's awesome, as is is Los Angeles. We lived on the beach, which was nice. So um, really good experience. I was lucky that way.
1: Did you ever have that at the uh, special pitch
2: tournament? I did at, at Villanova. At Villanova, yeah. Yeah, I did. It was a really, really cool event that they put on. Some really good athletes. Um, uh, you know, we had our all the players helped out. Uh, it, was, it was a really cool experience. I also did some volunteer coaching um, at Villanova when I finished my playing career, too. Um, so, yeah, I know Villanova does a great job helping out with the Special Olympics. Uh, mm-hmm. And, again, to see those athletes, it was really impressive and, and just how hard they worked and how much they put into the game.
0: Steven was probably there when you were there. I was just trying to yeah. do the math in my head. The first away time he went away was at a Villanova um, tournament because it was close to our house. So okay. he was like 14. Yeah, he was like 14. It was probably your freshman year or sophomore year. It was funny. We had, um, yeah, because I, I, I was just a parent. And, and I got in trouble for, I was behind the goal and I was encouraging the kids like, hey, you know, good job, good job, and then so you know, run. tell him to shoot. So, and I got hollered at. Stephen tells everybody that story. And we, uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that other team protesting. The other team protesting. And we ended up in the tie. Ah, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's, it's just that's normal. not fair. You're just trying to cheer them on and help them out. <laughs> kid on, get on Stephen's team. We used to call him Wrong Way Mike, because he would just kick it any way he wanted, and it normally went the wrong way. <laughs> and he kicked it backwards, and then the kid on our other kid on Stephen's team then kicked it in the net. And you know, he was excited <laughs> that he scored, so he put his hands up. So right. the referee goes, No goal! And the other coach got all angry, and she's he, like, It was a woman, and I couldn't believe it. And I, yeah. uh, no, I was, It
1: was like right, we ended up beating him anyway. Yeah, yeah and
0: then they beat him in a championship and won a game. Good, right? These kids were. They were giving it to the wall, and it was
2: so funny because they knew it was the same coach. Oh, man, that's good, Steve. There's a, there's a famous saying in soccer that the ball doesn't lie. It usually tells it the truth, and the teams that deserve to win and do the way, things the right way usually do. So you guys deserve that one, Steve. That's good, <laughs> man. <laughs>
0: Steven loves talking to people from Villanova just because of the fact that how great you guys were every year for the fall, the fall um, Special Olympics. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Did you ever win a championship? Not, not, so, counting, but not
2: counting the supporter
0: Shield. <laughs> gotcha, yeah.
2: No, um, so when I was in Chicago, we won t- uh, two championships. Um, I lost one uh, MLS Cup final also, which was hard and devastating. But, you know, I say it all the time. Even, even as hard as losses are in championship games, you still learn so much from them. Um, and, again, sometimes the lessons you learn and the losses – are, are really important um, and that they helped me um, you know at a young time in my career uh, helped me you know and, and, and propelled me on to, to win the eventual trophies that I did with Chicago um, and, and again I still say to everybody as hard as losses are sometimes um, it's where you learn the most about yourself and about your teammates uh, and how you respond to those losses is really important but I was fortunate enough to win a few trophies and a few championships as a player and I say it all the time, there's no better feeling um, than lifting uh, a trophy with a group of of players that have worked so hard to achieve a goal. And the cool thing about championships is they're forever. Nobody can ever take them away from you. That's the most special part. Um, The history books don't change, um, you know, unless you're you're some of the universities that get in trouble down the road, but we don't need to talk about this. (laughs) (laughs) What, would you, what was the biggest game they ever played or coached in? Oh, man, biggest game. That's a, that's a hard question. So the biggest game I ever played in, um, I played in, in front of the, you know, 50,000, 60,000 people sometimes, and that can be really nervous as a player. You get scared. Um, I still think the biggest game was that one that I described that we lost in 2003, the championship game. Um, in Los Angeles. Uh, Landon Donovan beat us on the day. Uh, Really close game. It's a hard one for me to even watch. I I get sick to my stomach thinking about it. Um, But that was probably one of the biggest games. Um, The craziest game, though, I played in what was called the, you know, you probably heard of the Champions League um, in Europe where you you have Liverpool and you have uh, Bayern Munich and all those top teams all over the world play. Um, in America, there's a Champions League where we play against teams from Mexico, um, Guatemala. The Union will be in the Champions League for next season. But as a player in Chicago, Steve, I played in a game in Guatemala and there was forty to 50,000 people there. And there was, uh, they, they had security guards with machine guns. They had a <laughs> moat around the field. The moat is like water around the field to keep you safe. Barbed wire uh, around it to protect you. It was the scariest thing I've ever ever played in in my life. When we walked out of the tunnel, they threw bags of stuff at us, and and the bags had I'll just say Pete in them. <laughs> it was it was one of the craziest environments I've ever and most scared I've ever been in my life. When we came out in our bus, they started pushing our bus and rocking it back and forth. They were going to tip it over. Um, it was scary. I remember our. Our cap, I was only 21 years old at the time in that game. And that was probably one of the bigger games I'd ever played in at that point in the Champions League. Um, and our captain said to us, he, he must have saw that me and some of the younger guys were really nervous and scared. And he looked at us in the pregame meeting. He said, he's, he was from Poland, so he had a funny accent. And he said, well, guys, if we are going to die tonight, we might as well win. And we were all like... Yeah, okay. That, that actually that makes sense. <laughs> he was crazy though. he was uh, it was a weird message to give, but I think it just kind of lightened the mood and let us uh, all calm down a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, they get a little crazy in the other country, Steve. See that for sure. <laughs> people talk about the Eagles fans. they don't people. We're friendly.
2: Anyway. we friendly. will we'll at least give you a beer. That's <laughs> right. Did you did you go to the first ever Union game? I did not. I didn't get to go to it. I wanted to. Uh, I, I was in Philadelphia at the time. I remember where I watched it. I watched it at uh, O'Neill's uh, pub on Third Street, which is ironically, I live about a block away from that now. So um, for some reason I was in there with a bunch of friends from Philly and we watched it on TV. Um, that was the first game. That was actually their first game in Seattle. Um, and I didn't, I wasn't able to make the first union game. I, I forget why, but, um, wasn't able to go there, but I've been to plenty since. And
1: me, my dad, my dad went to the team.
2: Oh, wow. At, at the link. We
0: game at the link. Yeah. And, um, yeah. the, Sebastian uh, Latou, right? Yep. And Joe Biden was uh, oh, there for the, yeah. for the beginning. So Stephen getting right. everywhere early. So we tried to get there early, and then we got and stuck behind the 45-minute line to get in. So by the time we get in there, the game was getting ready to start. So we didn't miss none of the game, but we didn't see yeah, a lot of the um, pregame stuff because of the vice president being there.
1: Yeah, I was really oh, the only missed. That was the only the only tournament I ever missed.
0: Oh, I, I'm of wow, my wow. baseball coach. Oh, yeah, for yes, Special Olympics. No. <laughs> she started going, you know, going to go and I hit Stephen said we bought tickets way in advance and steven said i'm not going to the uh that was up in penn state no right a, um oh, it was just a tournament a local tournament yeah a widener a widener yeah yeah it was a local tournament at widener mm-hmm. university and steven said i'm going to the union game i don't care <laughs> <laughs> i like it steve i like we, it, buddy then we went that same year to the when you got you know the stadium yeah, you know. uh, opened. we went to the games we've gone to many of union games mm-hmm.
2: Awesome. Well, anytime you need tickets now, I'm your man. Just give me a call. Or shoot me an email. I'll get you guys tickets, get you on the field, let you meet the guys. Anytime, man. This is this has been awesome, too. Anytime you want to come out, no problem. About February 13th. <laughs> <laughs> that's your birthday.
0: Yeah, man. That, that's Stephen's birthday, man. but they won't be playing that early, Steve. You're, he's the 13th? Yeah, February 13th. My mm-hmm.
2: son's the 14th. He's Valentine's Day. So
0: Oh, get out. Yeah. Our buddy Andrew's son is the same day as Stevens, February thirteenth. His youngest son, Sean, will be seventeen. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll be he'll be he's, I remember because you were seventeen when he was born. Yeah. So
2: oh, you're exactly, Stephen's gonna be thirty four this year, Jim. Oh man, thirty four. You're still young, buddy. You're still young. <laughs>
1: <Let's> do it. <laughs> do you. Have a a
2: rivalry? or anybody here, any teams? Yeah, I would say Red Bull is probably our biggest rivalry. You know, like like most Philadelphian teams, we, we don't like New York. We don't like New York for anything. We don't like the Yankees, we don't like the Giants, we don't like the Rangers, we don't like New York Red Bull. So I'd say New York is probably our biggest rival. Um in recent years, we've, we've played New England, and, and we don't like Boston teams either, but New England's been a pretty good rivalry for us as well um, just because we played them so much in, in some big games. So um, that's been a good one as well. But I think it's it's natural. Philadelphia and New York, you know, we don't like each other very much. <laughs> Did you ever get to
1: meet David Beckham since you started?
2: Good question. Yeah, I I did. It's funny, Steve. I actually had to do, I had injured my, I had surgery on my foot and my ankle. Um, And like I said, David was on the Galaxy. I was on Chivas USA. We shared the same stadium. We shared the same facilities um, and and shared the same rehab company. Um, And I did a, I was getting an ankle surgery rehab and he was doing something I forget on his lower body. Um, So we crossed paths quite a bit. I got to meet him obviously you know one of the most famous and great soccer players that we've ever had um he brought so much attention to the league was a pretty normal nice guy um but man i couldn't imagine being that famous and having your life structured out when i say every minute of every day they were taking him and pulling different directions um it was quite busy (laughs) but yeah he was a really nice guy now he's now he owns uh, he's the owner of the miami team in our league so um we have to beat Miami
0: now. <laughs> How about that? He hired one of his old, te- old, old I teammates. I saw, huh? yep, yep, yeah.
2: Yep.
0: David yeah. Beckham hired a guy named Phil Neville that um, oh, was no. a full- fullback for Manchester United and the England national team. And Yeah. Surprised, kind, of, kind of surprised. I thought he would go for somebody, you know, in, uh, you know, from the MLS and mm-hmm. someone yeah. that won right before Somebody like Jim Curtin, like I tried. Yeah.
2: I'm staying in Philly, buddy. All right.
0: <laughs>
2: How
1: do you keep the program so
2: successful and keep the union? Yeah, I think it, in in pro sports it takes time to build a, a culture and to build a, a way of of playing. So with the union, you know, we we have. Um, I won't give you the long version but the quick version is we have like three pillars and three beliefs that we have um number one is we want to build from within what that means is we want our academy kids to come through uh, and play for our first team like they have um number two is we believe 11 players playing together can beat any group of individual superstars and talent like i talked about earlier um 11 guys on the same page working together doesn't matter if they have um, Zlatan Ibrahimović or if they have David Beckham or if they have David Villa or all these big famous individual players. If we're together as 11, we can beat any group of individuals. And then the third one is innovation. So what innovation means is we have to do things a little unique, you know. So how we um, how we train our guys, how hard they run, how many sprints they do, we monitor all those things. Um, we have to be uh, innovative with our our video um, and how we we show players video, and they each have their individual iPads, and we break things down for them. We have to be innovative in our scouting. So we go to instead of going. Everybody knows there's great players in Brazil and Argentina. Um, but we kind of go to other countries where maybe we can kind of mine second and third leagues and, and get players like Kai Wagner, who's a great left back and defender for us, or Kasper Shabilko who's playing um, in, the, in the second league over in Germany. So we have to be innovative in, in how we put things. So those three pillars are we, we look to and, and kind of um, utilize whether we're winning or whether we're losing or whether we're tying games, we always look and make sure we're, we're doing at least those three things. And over the years, Um, We've gotten better each and every year. So that's the hardest part. And uh, I'm sure you know from Holy Family, um, you know, you're going to have great seasons. You're going to have tough seasons. You're going to have okay seasons. But you really always want to try to be um, keeping it steadily getting better each year rather than having these big, big drop-offs and then high-rises. So um, trying to keep it gradual is what every program, I think, tries to do. Um, We've been successful with that at the Union um we're not perfect yet but we're, we're getting better and better each year um and some of the ideas of, the, of those three pillars are really starting to show and come out
1: how does the um transfer process work?
2: oh that's a complicated one so you know we're always trying to to find new talent we have scouts all over the world we have some stationed in south america we have some stationed in europe uh, we have them stationed in even in the United States, all over the place, looking for in our lower leagues like the USL or, or looking in other MLS teams. So um, it's it's kind of a 24 hour process every day, seven days a week, we're always looking to try to improve our team. Um, so when we transfer players, um, it's a long process, But as it gets towards the end, um, you know, myself and, and Chris Albright, uh, we'll get on a plane and we'll go meet a player, um, we'll fly them in, we'll get to know their family, their wives. It's like I said to you before, there's so many talented players in the world, but the ones that fit for the Philadelphia union, um, they have to have the whole package and there. They have to want to be here. So uh, things like getting the wife on board are really, really important. Does he have family? Does he have kids? Um, do they need to know where the schools are? So it's a big, long process. Um, and it's one that we've gotten a lot better at, but as it gets closer, you really have to get to know the player um, and not just watch them on film and say, ah, we'll take that guy. Uh, that, that goes wrong. Uh, more times than it goes right because you you don't know them and what they're really about um, scoring goals is important or being a good defender is important but if you don't fit in with what the team wants to do um usually you find more problems than uh success
1: how do you keep you cool
2: like your referees yeah that's a good question it's never easy right because we all get emotional we all get excited and we all want to win um but I've found and look I lose my temper certain times no question about it now, I try to only have those moments where I lose my temper be in the locker room where it's private and it's just me and the guys you know so um there are occasions where I'll get myself a little bit on the sidelines yelling at a ref or throwing my hands in the air um, but as the coach I think it's important you have to be the example uh, of your teammates so if If I'm crazy on the sidelines uh, and unorganized and and just not paying attention and screaming at the fourth official or or the linesman, um, I think that's going to translate to your team. They're going to be chaotic and they're not going to be focused and they're going to be all over the place. So uh, I think it's important as the leader to stay calm uh, as hard as it is sometimes um, and and give those messages and you can yell at them and and be firm with them uh, if it's done the right way and in the locker room maybe where it should stay. Great answer, and
0: that's when Steven has problems with the referees. Oh my god. Yeah, well, they're,
2: they're, they're <laughs> six, don't get me wrong; There's a lot of bad reps, buddy. I hear you, man. I, it drives yeah. me crazy, too. Um, but, you know, you have to always remember they're trying to do the best that they can. Maybe some of them don't know the game as well as you do, or as well as your dad does, or as well as I do. And sometimes they're just volunteering their time as well, even at the pro level. So, it can be frustrating when you work so hard and then it gets thrown away because they make a bad penalty call or something like that but um at the end of the day you try to learn from from each other um i have no problem if referees i love the referees that actually will tell you i made a mistake i messed up on that one jim sorry it was a mistake i I can live with that because we're all human beings and we all make mistakes but the ones that won't talk to you are the ones that give you a yellow card right away or or, or want nothing to do with you, I can't stand that. That is hard for me, Steve. I, I'm on your team on
1: that one, buddy. <laughs> you know, one time before the game, I knew the last name. I called by his first name before the game
0: even started. <laughs> Dad, you can't do that no more. Yeah, I told, him, I, said, I told him you can't call him by his first name. You just got to call him Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Referee. That's right. And let the other team know you, know the referees. Mm-hmm. Then they're going to be yeah. things fixed. They'll be complaining quick. That's right. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you, do you have any tips for like anybody who wants to break? coach any higher? That's a good I question. So for,
2: yeah, for any young coaches, I'll always say, um, you know, number one is you, you have to be willing to to ask questions, to, to throw yourself into uh, an environment where I think the best advice I can give is that you, you – you maybe call a high school or a college coach and you say, can I shadow you for a week or a professional coach, can I shadow you and just be around your environment and watch you work for a week's time. More times than not, most coaches will say, absolutely. And it's the best way to learn. You know, I've learned a ton from going into different environments in Europe and watching how different guys work. Um, so that would be advice that I'd give to any aspiring young coach don't be nervous to ask questions don't be nervous to reach out to other coaches because most coaches are just teachers that's all we are really if you break it down we just want to have our players get better we want to show other coaches the way um to improve um and and my personal belief is yes i want to develop players and i want brandon aronson to go to europe and i want brandon craig and quinn sullivan to go play at man united someday but i also want my coaches to get better as well i have a responsibility to coach my coaches and have them improve too so um any young coach coming along now i think it's important to, to number one locate where the best environment is in your area so if you live in philly um maybe it's go to holy family maybe it's go to millanova and ask them if i can go watch those coaches work for a week um can i call get an email to jim Curtin and say i want to come out and watch the philadelphia union train and there'll be things that you learn that you'll love there'll be some things that you'll actually learn Um, on on what maybe not to do. I might make a big mistake in a practice and you'll say, oh, I learned from that. I don't want to do what Jim did there because he just messed up. So you learn uh, in that environment good things and bad things. uh, It's really important um, to just ask ask questions because, again, more times than not, you'd be surprised. Um, Most coaches just want to help other coaches get better. Um, It's almost like a fraternity and we're all in this together. So uh, I'd encourage young guys to reach out, find the best programs in your area and just immerse yourself in it and try to learn and ask questions and grow and get better.
1: And the last question, if you can have dinner or sit down with three soccer players or coaches that could be better alive, who would they be and why?
2: Any soccer player?
0: Hmm?
2: Any soccer player any person?
0: The yeah, any, any soccer coach or um, player. Who would you want to sit down and have, like
2: you know, a beer with
0: and watch? That's a great one. So,
2: gosh, soccer players. So, some of them, some of them you might not have ever heard of. So I would actually, I'm fascinated by the guys who are. Um, they're, you there? Yeah, oh, there you are. Sorry. I'm fascinated by the guys who are almost like they're geniuses. Um, guys like Eric Cantona, who played for Manchester United, who actually at the very top of his game just got fed up and said, you know what, I'm going to become an artist and I'm going to go paint. For me, that's like amazing because when you're, when you're the best in the world at scoring goals and you're, you're a, a, an awesome player and all your teammates love you, and then you hit a point where you just say you know what i'm going to try something completely different for me I, I would love to have a beer with that kind of a guy who just thinks a little bit different thinks a little bit outside the box <coughs> selfishly as a coach i'd love to sit down with jurgen klopp i'd love to sit down with pep guardiola uh i'd throw larry sullivan in there just to mix it up because he wouldn't be intimidated by any of those guys he probably <laughs> had better stories than them too so um you know, I'd throw Coach Sullivan in there. It'd be a great uh, mix of a, a ton of really smart soccer minds um, and just the great stories. And just to sit there and be a fly on the wall um, with that many player, players and, and coaches talking would be something that's really cool. Um, growing up, I love Zinedine Zidane. He was something that, again, when I talk about guys who just made the game look so simple and had no wasted motion, I would love to talk to him. And now that he's a coach now, just pick his brain. Um, it's getting to be a big dinner here, Steve. I'm, I'm getting a lot of guys at this. Are you going to cook dinner for them? Are you going to feed them all? <laughs> There's a lot of. Them. We got to get lots of cheesesteaks. Who's your cheesesteak spot? You got a good one that you like?
0: Anywhere. Anywhere. Steve anywhere. Like che- yeah, I like yeah that Steve anywhere. likes cheesesteaks from anywhere. He, he doesn't care. If anybody That's wants right, to Stevie. send him, anybody wants to send me free cheesesteaks, <laughs> we will take them too. Right, Stan. <laughs> I got. I got to correct you, though, I, Jim. I got to correct you. I don't think Brandon Craig's family wants him playing at Liber- uh, Manchester United. I think they want no, him. He's a Liverpool player. guy. Know, That's right. I That's right. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know Larry I know Larry roots for uh, Man U. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> well, thank you so what much you for your, for your time and and all
2: all the all the great answers you gave, Stephen. And, Anytime, uh, Stephen. I have to say, Stephen. Honestly, this was the best interview I've ever, I've ever done. In terms of the questions, they were smart. They were great questions, and they, they were fun for me to answer. Rather than usually, it's like, why did you make this sub? You know what I mean. <laughs> this has been fun, man. And look, send me. You have my email now. Um, I'll text you. I'll get you my phone number too. I gotta send you a bunch of union gear. And I'm, I'm serious. Anytime you guys, once we start up again, anytime you want to come out to a game, I'll take care of you. Um, if you need help setting up any other interviews in the future with any union guys, I'm, I'm the guy. I'll, I'll make them do it, and they'll, they'll love it. They'll, they'll love All it. All right. Well, we, we thank you very much for thank that. Thank you. Appreciate cool. it. Yeah. Thanks, All Jim. All right, buddy. Appreciate it. Have a good night, buddy. guys. It's Thanks again. You thank you very much. Appreciate you taking Keep up the good work, man. Thank you. We'll see you again. it. getting better
1: and
0: better, Steve. Call man, the mm. He was
2: really
1: good. Shame the Facebook live fixed part. I know, right? Sprouts is committed to working with